0: Well, do, I welcome you if you're on Facebook or YouTube. Thank you for joining with us today, all of you online. Make sure you make a comment or, or click like or say something so that we know you're here. Thank you for being a part of grace. I know some of our family is social distancing still. We can't wait to see you soon, but we certainly love you and understand the distancing and we can't wait to see you when you do jump back in. Amen. But for those of you who are here and everybody online, would you turn to Romans chapter 4? I want to preach a message today called Hope For uncertain times. Hope for uncertain times. Uh, Right now, we are living in what I call uncertain times. This week, we're going to have an election. And some of you say, Praise God, it's over, right? Is it ever over, right? Because you know, listen, you know, this thing may not be decided on Tuesday. It may be Wednesday, it may be Thursday. It may be November the 20th. It may be December. And if anybody's going to mess it up, how many know it's going to be Florida? Come on now. Come on now. It's going to be Florida. And if Florida messes it up, you know it's going to be Palm Beach County that gets it wrong somehow, some way. And that's just our track record. And so, you know, welcome to Florida. All right? But uh, so we don't know what's going to happen. And people have been asking me, what do you think is going to happen? And I say this I have no idea. I really don't know. You know, the polls say one thing and people say another thing. And I tell you the truth, I have no idea what's going to happen. And as a pastor, listen, I can feel, listen to me, church, I can feel the anxiety rising up inside of people. I preached a message last week called Read, Pray, and Vote. And I believe we need to vote biblical values. And, and I understand, and I even said it at the beginning of the message last week, I said there'll be some that may not agree with everything that I say, and I'm open to have coffee, and the coffee's on me. And so this week, I, I had coffee. I had coffee with a couple people. We had great talk, and they were able to share their heart, their experiences with me, because their experiences were different than my experiences, and I just listened to what they had to say, and at the end of the day, we hugged, and they said, hey, you're still my pastor. We love you, and so, you know, we were able to sit down with people. I've got more coffee planned, and so, you know, I'd be, I, first of all, I love coffee, so let's get that right, So, and I don't mind meeting with anybody and talking, and, and so we just shared together. And, and so I talked about voting biblical values. But I want to talk to you today because I sense that no matter who wins, right? No matter who wins on election day, half of our country is, is going to feel stressed out. They're going to feel fearful. They're going to be afraid of, of what's going to take place. And, and then the other half may feel joyful and, and hopeful, right? But so I want to bring balance to that today. And I understand that I'm not shying away from my message last week. I still believe with all of my heart as Christians... We vote for the platform that most closely aligns itself with the Word of God. I believe that. We vote the Bible. We, we vote the Bible. And, and so I do want to share with you, though, because I feel like there are people who think that if their candidate doesn't get in, then all hope is gone. So as Christians, we need to talk about that today. And if you're in Romans chapter 4, I want you to turn there, and, and I want to read it first from the New King James, and then I'm going to read it from the New Living Translations. If you're new to grace, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen. But Romans chapter 4 is talking about a man named Abraham. And Abraham was given a promise, even at a very old age, that he would have a son. He did not have any children Not only would he have a son, listen to me, Jesus, I should say, God actually took Abraham for a walk and said, look at the stars, Abraham. In Genesis chapter 15, and said, as as numerous as the stars are, as many as the stars are, that's going to be how your descendants will be. And So he had this promise and he held on to the promise in spite of what looked like very difficult circumstances. And so it says this in chapter 18, talking of Abraham, who contrary to hope, In hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. That's God's word to him in Genesis. Verse 19 says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. It says Abraham was persuaded that what God promised, God could perform. Amen? Let me read this to you from the New Living Translations. I really love how the New Living Translation puts it. It says this, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Hallelujah, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, "That's how many descendants you will have." And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Watch verse 21. I love how it says it in New Living. He was fully convinced. Come on now. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. Amen? Listen, we have to be fully convinced. I know that there are people that think that, hey, if their candidate win, doesn't win, there's no hope. All hope is lost. I've talked to people that they just want to move off into the woods. Man, if my candidate is, uh, doesn't win, I'm just moving into the woods. I'm going to get a dog, and it's going to be me and dog in the woods. That's just how we're going to live. But how many of you know, listen, you can shut off the TV, and you could go move and, and isolate yourself, but the world is still sinking. It doesn't change anything. You can be isolated, but listen, you have to understand that there's no place that we could go There's no isolation that we could do. We can't just move to small towns, just try to live in a bubble and think that that's going to keep us just away from all of the decay and and the moral slide that our world seems to be falling into. We have to understand that we need to stand and believe that there is hope and our hope is in God and God alone. Amen? Now listen, last week I told you not to amen. I need you to bring all those amens back. Come on now. And let's just begin to believe that God, is our only hope somebody say amen. amen he is our hope amen he is our hope and we need to understand that our trust and our confidence is in God and listen it said this when Abraham didn't see any hope he found hope we need to find hope we need to look at difficult circumstances. We need to look at the world and all that's happening. And listen, I understand it. I feel the anxiety too. This past week, I, I read that California passed a law. Or at least it went up, to the, it went up for, for debate and began to, to try to get passed. where it was up to a, a judge whether sex with a minor was actually going to be considered a crime. And I see the decay and I see what's happening in our nation and I think, is there any hope to the political situation in our nation? It's reached places and touched people in ways that, that their, their literal sanity is being affected. And, and people are having trouble sleeping and people are having trouble working and they're having trouble just putting on the news. I mean, you, know, you can't even put on the news anymore. Because they're not telling you facts, they're telling you what they want you to hear, right? And so it's, troub- it's troubling, and people have lost friends, they've lost neighbors, they've lost family members, because we are divided, we're right down the middle, right? And, and half our nation is going this way, it seems like half our nation is going that way. And so what do we do? How do we, how do we even maintain relationships? How do we ma- maintain friendships? How do we balance anything out? It's going to be an interesting Thanksgiving and Christmas. Come on now. So what do we do? Listen, we need to understand that as Christians, we find our hope not in a political party and not in a president. I want you to know this. Our hope is not in President Trump. Don't throw anything at me. Our hope is not in Joe Biden. God is not Republican. God is not a Democrat. Come on, somebody. God is above all those things. Amen? Listen, Jesus is a king who is not voted in, and he can't be voted out. Somebody say amen. And he'll be king long after we're gone. Should he, tarry and we live another? You know, the earth just continues years and years and years. Jesus will still be king. Hallelujah politicians come and go, political parties come and go, and things change on this earth, but God doesn't change. And he is our hope. Listen, in Acts chapter 27, Paul was going through a storm. He was going through a storm. He was being held as a prisoner, and he was on his way to Rome, and he was sailing, and listen, all of a sudden, darkness overtook him. And the Bible says a storm just began to engulf the, the ship. And it actually says in Acts chapter 27 that they had given up all hope of ever being saved. You know, that's where so many people are when it comes to our political situation. Just we give up hope. As if we're ever going to come together. We give up hope if there's going to ever be unity. We give up hope that, that, that there won't be corruption or people won't lie to us and look right in the face. We give up hope that, that we can be safe. We give up hope on these things. And Paul was in the boat with people who had given up hope And he stood and he said this. He said, I want you to take courage. And I want you to believe God. And I want you to stay with me and don't give up because it's going to turn out just like God said it's going to turn out. He said, I believe God. And this is a moment, listen, in our history when we need to have courage. And we need to have hope. And we need to have faith. Not in political parties. Listen, be patriotic. I have no problem with that. And, and, and support your candidate. Go for it. Right? Nothing wrong with that. But let's not put our, our, our politicians in places that are reserved for God and God alone. Huh? We don't worship at the altar of a politician. We worship God. And politicians will fail us and they will let us down, but God will never fail us. Amen. He is our hope. He is our source. He is our strength. And if Tuesday or Wednesday, or whenever we figure this out, if it doesn't go your way, God is still God. Amen. And my hope is still in him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Paul was going through this storm and he said this, I believe it will be just as God said it will be. I've got one point today, just one. Huh? And it's this. How do we find hope in uncertain times? Number one, and that's it, you fix your gaze on Him. I said, your gaze on Him. Huh? You fix your gaze on Him. I was at high school and uh, at Santa Lucia's High School, class of 88. Ooh, go Chiefs. Come on, somebody. Anybody out there? All right. I was in high school and, and Pictionary had come out a few years before and so it was very popular. So every now and then in this class that I was in, we would play Pictionary. And so they divided the class in half and it was two teams and I was on one team. And a friend of mine went to the chalkboard and he got the word. And he kind of looks at me like, okay, now I'm counting on you, right? And so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden he draws a face and he takes a piece of chalk. Now, watch this. He takes a piece of chalk and instead of drawing just a single line, just a, a simple line, he turns the chalk sideways and he draws a thick line with the side of the chalk all the way down from the face. And I said, gaze. And the whole place was shocked. It was the pinnacle of my high school career. You understand? Know like some people win trophies and championships. I just, One Pictionary that day. That was it. That's as high as I got in high school, okay? I figured it out. And they were astonished. And there was something about that thick line that he drew that just to me said, gaze, because it was more intense than just looking or seeing, right? It was something about that thickness that I said gaze. And so when I tell you this morning, church, listen to me, we need to fix our gaze on God. That means that you need to have horse blinders on to all the mess that is going on in the world. And listen, the world could say this and the world could say that and everything could go crazy around us, but we just focus intently on God. We just keep our gaze on Him. We just say this and I'll not be distracted by the things of this world. I will set my eyes eyes on him, my focus on him. I will set my gaze on him. Listen to me, church. It's not enough to just every now and then just kind of look at him. Just kind of every now and then just, just throw your eyes on him. It's not enough to just do that. Just, just look towards him. You've got to keep your eyes focused on him. See, there are some people that they, you know, they go through the storm and they got, they got horse blinders on, and they're focused, and they're intense, and family problems, and financial problems, or a health crisis comes their way, and they're just intent. They're just looking at him. And then when the storm passes, they just think to themselves, oh, no, no, okay, now I can just begin to focus on myself again, you know, and we build up our nest eggs and we, we do everything that we can and, and as long as we're healthy and we got that, that, that financial amount in the bank that we think can handle any crisis that comes our way and as long as the family is good, every now and then we'll just throw a little, a little look towards God but we don't keep focused and gazed on Him. I wish I saw as much passion about the things of God in some people's life as I do about their political life. I wish and so we can't just every now and then look towards them because listen to me there's no nest egg you could build up I don't care how much money you have in the bank there's no nest egg you could build up you can eat healthy you can you know skip out on every dessert and just try to just maintain your health and it could be one diagnosis one financial calamity one thing happened in your family and all of a sudden that storm just rushes in do you hear me Every day, we need to keep our eyes focused on Him. We need to set our gaze on Him and just say, God, my focus is on you. My hope is on you. Listen, be patriotic. I I consider myself very patriotic. I believe we live in the greatest nation in the world today. It's the greatest nation on earth. And there are men and there are women who have fought, they have sacrificed. They have given their, their, their time, their energy, their effort, their blood, and many of them have given their lives for our nation, and we honor their sacrifice, and they did that so we can vote. And so we need to vote. We need to vote the Bible. But understand this, that my hope isn't going into a polling booth and filling in a bubble. My hope's not there. I do it because it's the right thing to do. And I do it because God's word has values and God has policies. But my hope's not there. My hope is in the, his word. My hope is right here. My hope is in his promises. My hope is in the fact that, that he said it. He, if I believe that he said it I, and I walk in it, then it will come to pass. Amen. I set my gaze on him. Do you know that in Matthew chapter 14, here, here's the disciples now, they're in a boat. Watch this, they're in a boat. And, and they're just, just going along, and Jesus went off to pray a little bit, so Jesus isn't in the boat with them. And in the boat, you have experienced fishermen. Not all of them, right? Some of them were in different walks of life, but several of them were fishermen, and so they knew how to navigate on a lake. And they're in this lake, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a storm comes. And I mean, this boat's you know just being tossed, and, and they're worried, and it's the middle of the night, and it's pitch black. And then on the water comes Jesus. He just comes walking on the water, right? And they thought it was a ghost, so he says to them, be of good cheer, which really means this, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter says this, Lord, if it's you. He just said, Peter, it's me. Huh? But Peter's one of those guys that's like, is that really you? How many of you, I could be like that in my life. God says it, then you go, really? Is that really? Okay, you know, you need that extra confirmation? Hey, that's okay. And so Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, allow me to get out of the boat, walk on water towards you. And Jesus says, come on. Huh? And all the disciples are kind of looking, the other ones got their eyes open like this, and they're like, Are you kidding me? And so they're just watching, and Peter steps out of the boat and he puts his foot onto something that should not support his weight. There's no way what he's about to put his foot on should support the weight of him, right? But it does, right? He's looking at Jesus, he's looking at Jesus, and he's got his feet on something that should not support the weight that he has. And then he takes another step. And then he takes another step. And he's looking at Jesus, and he's walking on something that should not support his weight. But then he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And the wind and the waves have not changed. He didn't step out onto peaceful, calm waters, right? He stepped out onto choppy waters. His feet on something that should not support the weight of which he's carrying, but yet he's walking. As long as he's looking at Jesus, he takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he begins to sink on, on something that should not be supporting his weight in the first place. You see, we're living in a world as Christians, where we're walking in territory, in places that many times we're walking on things that really in the natural we should be sinking. I mean, the chaos, the calamity, the moral decay, we're seeing it all around us. You could be walking today through a storm, a health crisis, a financial crisis, a family situation that in the natural, it never can support the weight of what you're carrying. You should be sinking. Hmm? And the difference between you walking and sinking is your focus. It's just your gaze. As long as Peter was looking at Jesus, he was walking on something he shouldn't be walking on. But the minute he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And you say, well, Pastor, how is it that as Christians we could live in a world that the world just looks like it's sinking? Where is the hope? It just seems like there's no hope. I'm telling you, as long as we keep focused on Jesus Christ, as long as He is our hope, as long as we don't put our hope in any politician, political party, or agenda, as long as we keep our focus and our attention on Him, we can walk on anything, hallelujah, on anything. And if you're here today and you're walking through a storm, listen to me, church you're walking through a, a, a crisis, something going on in your family, and in the natural you should be sinking, I want to encourage you today. You open up the Word of God, you find some promises that are in God's Word, and you stand on them. And if you have to walk through a crisis, right, you'll find that your feet can get to solid ground, even when it looks like in the natural you should be sinking. Listen, I believe that with all of my heart. It's not just true for our nation, it's true for you. See, our nation's going through something, the the virus, come on now, the political upheaval, the racial tensions. If you combine that all together, we should be falling apart. And sometimes it looks like we are. But I want you to know this. In the midst of everything that's going on, I see a whole movement happening. I see people rising up to worship, to declare that God is still God. Our hope is in Him. Amen. Listen, even tonight when we gather to pray, we're gathering here at 7 o'clock tonight to pray as a church, to pray over our nation, to pray over this election. We're gathering not to support a political party or a politician. We're gathering to say that our hope is in God. Our only hope is in God. And I know that the world is going crazy, but there's still a body of believers that stands and worships and declares that, listen, this nation is not too far gone. Hallelujah. As long as we continue to say it's in God that we trust and it's in God that we hope and our faith is in Him, we can stand. And we can take a step and then another step and then another step and then another step. Amen? But if you get your eyes off of God. You get it on the wrong thing. You start looking at the chaos chaos, and you, you let that anxiety that so many are feeling, you let that continue to build. You're just going to start sinking, right? When God calls you to stand. I want you to do this. Close your eyes for just a moment. Listen, if you're watching online, thank you for joining with us today. Well, Cynthia and I, we love you guys. We can't wait to see you soon. We're praying for you, we we love you. We certainly understand the social distancing, but we hope to see you very soon. God bless you, thank you for joining us today.